You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded whores. Hi, lovelies. Welcome back to 50 Plus a Tip. I'm your host, Danica. And I'm Riley. And I know October is supposed to be spooky season, but Riley and I personally think the scary season is tax season. Tax due date is just around the corner, and it's really seeming like the blind leading the fucking blind out there. <laughs> Mainly Riley and I. <laughs> to help us have a better understanding of the beast that is taxes, we're sitting down with Paige, the founder of Piper. Piper offers friendly, judgment-free tax services from individuals in non-conventional industries, such as adult entertainers, content creators, and dancers. They employ amazing certified accountants, lawyers, and financial advisors across Canada and the U.S. who have been hand-selected and trained to ensure their services are welcoming to all. In a world where non-conventionality is judged, Page wishes to uplift and empower each individual in the industry. Ultimately, the goal of Page and Piper is to disrupt a traditional industry and make financial information and services simple and available to all. Paige, thank you so much for joining us. So as you know, we are a sex worker run podcast, and we typically have guests on with also some kind of connection to the sex work industry. Uh, what's your connection to the sex work world? Yeah, so I guess I my connection started when I was in my early 20s. I served at two stroke clubs down in Toronto, uh, Paradise, and For Your Eyes Only. I made a lot of connections through that and a lot of friends through that that are dancers as well as cam girls and people that do porn. Nice. So you're really just doing it for the team. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm definitely there for the team. <laughs> Perfect. We love that. Um, well, as we mentioned, you have a company called Piper. Can you explain to us what Piper is and how long it's been active? Yeah, so I launched Piper about a year ago. So Piper is a financial platform and we help with taxes, financial advice and legal advice in both Canada and the US. And it's more directed to people that are millennials or Gen Z in alternative industries. So a lot of our clients are either on OnlyFans or they're dancers or they're Twitch streamers or YouTubers. So it's kind of like this new way of making money. And that's where uh, our market is. That's awesome. I didn't even really think about like yeah, I don't streamers and, and Twitch, Twitch, yeah, Twitch streamers, not yeah, yeah. And in the U.S., um, there's a tax rule now about gifting. So if like a company gifts you a bunch of product, you do have to claim that. I've heard the same sort of thing in like um, uh, talk shows and stuff. Like when Oprah gave everybody a car, they actually just gave them a bunch of taxes they needed to pay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really not a gift. Oh, here's this like, car you never asked for and a huge bill. Yeah, and also yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's crazy. Interesting. I mean, I'd still take the car, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> so how and uh, why did you start the company? I think I basically, to summarize it, I started the company out of frustration. Um, I went through a bad experience with an accountant back in Toronto and I was like, I never want anyone to go through this. And that's basically how I started the company. Throughout my like early 20s, I worked a lot of like nightlife jobs. So bottle service, stuff like that, fast cash. And quite honestly, didn't know what to do with it. Didn't know like who to turn to or like financial advice is not really out there totally and you really have to go digging for the proper financial advice so I wanted to make that accessible to everybody so that's kind of why I started it yeah I think it's always there's such a fear around our industry about um who to talk to um about financial advice and taxes and stuff because one I feel like no one is really um educated in the like in the field of what we do in like the professional realm, it's like very much separate. And then also when they hear that we make um, the money or money in cash kind of way, that's sort of, again, like they don't really know how to deal with us having all of our money in cash and the sort of um, emotional connection we have to the money. And they also like think, Oh, you make a lot of money and you don't know anything about taxes. Like, let me exploit that. Yeah, basically. And all of a sudden their prices go up as soon as you tell them that you're in a cash-based business. And 
that's like that's totally morally ethically wrong yeah I mean I remember the first accountant that I spoke to here filing as a dancer wanted to charge me $800 just to file for wow wow yeah I I ended up actually making a friend whose mom is an accountant who I go to now so she knows what I do and I feel like I can ask her all the questions um but she I I told her what happened and she was like that's absolutely ridiculous that's crazy what what, what are you paying for like maybe (laughs) like you know things would be higher of a fee but like that's ridiculous that's crazy yeah well that I think you see that a lot too not even just unfortunately in accounting situations you kind of see that like everywhere like anytime where there's opportunity for people to change the pricing as soon as they know you're a sex worker they're like on second thought uh (laughs) (laughs) the moment they got at the nail salon that we used to go to Uh, the prices just kept getting more and more every time she went it was insane did you ask her or did you say hey like this is way more than like the last time or you just kind of silently stopped and going I slowly exited the salon um yeah, I yeah. and she's like well your nails are really long and I was like but I think they're actually shorter than last time but they I were came in. they were you they did used to be very long so we couldn't even compare what we were doing fair but, yeah it was yeah it's a bit insane it's yeah. so oh, well. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, one day we want to wreck havoc. We'll just uh, start naming all the yeah. places that have ripped us off for being sexy. <laughs> yeah, everyone wants a piece of the pie, hey? Yeah. Um, so um, how does Piper work exactly? And what can you expect as a client using Piper? Like, what does the process look like? Yeah, so the process is basically the client can book a consultation or they purchase a package right on the website. So we make it super easy that way you pay up front rather than um, the traditional way of like doing your taxes. And then, oh, all of a sudden, like things got like 10 times more complicated. So here's like an extra $300 tacked on. So it's really a flat fee that you pay up front. If there are any uh, discrepancies with that, we will go over that and, and talk to you about that before doing the work. So you're not all of a sudden stuck with a huge bill at the end. So the client purchases the package uh, right now. Actually, yesterday, uh, we just launched a new website and a new client portal. So you'll get a link to your client portal. In that portal, you can upload all your documents. There's a checklist there. You can book your uh, complimentary call as well. And you'll talk to your accountant on that platform as well. Um, So, yeah, so depending on your situation, whether you're doing bookkeeping or you're um, a sole proprietorship or your corporation, the accountant will go through all your documents, do your filing, and then we follow up to see how your experience was, as well as rating the accountant between five stars, because we do want to make sure that all accountants are following our policies that we've put in place and are treating all of our clients equally, like we talked about. Um, and there's no judgment or stigma attached to that. And you, the professionals that work with you, um, they do they work solely for you or do they work sort of, they have their own practice and they work through you as well? So kind of a bit of, a bit of both. We have some that work solely for us and then we have some that kind of take on clients if we do have you know, a lot of short time that our other accountants are at capacity. So they'll jump in and they'll take on more clients, but everybody goes through um, our lawyers, our uh, financial planners, our accountants go through a workshop, which is basically just explaining like kind of, again, the mentality of our clients. A lot of people are kind of like lost or confused or stressed out when it comes to taxes. So we tackle that first and then as well as the different professions that they're going to come across like a dancer and what those write-offs are pleasers outfits anything specific to that as well as camming and um yeah awesome and I you said that you have financial planners as well um what are the benefits of using someone through Piper obviously aside from like the um sex work positive um piece uh as opposed to like going through a more traditional route like a bank yeah so I always found like I really benefited from someone that was kind of like 
on my team or a part of my team. So in essentially like somebody that knew my job, knew the way that I, I thought or processed things was understanding my goals and understanding the future and where I want to kind of take my businesses or my personal finances. So I definitely find like with Piper, you kind of have like a team. So you have your legal professional, you have your financial professional, and you have your tax accountant, and they follow you throughout this journey in life or the next few years or however long you want to go for. And they, they already know what you do. They already get a sense of your mentality, of how you process things, and they're kind of just there to help you. So I definitely find that that's a benefit to joining Piper, as well as already having vetted professionals that are not going to be unprofessional, that are not going to rip you off. Because unfortunately, like in today's world, these professionals are seen like higher up than a lot of other people because they went to school, they got a degree and they have this firm, but no one holds them accountable either. So at Piper, you're held accountable. Right. I like, I like a, a one, one shop stop. Yeah. Situation. yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like no more Googling for like random people. Yeah, exactly. And also too, it seems like a lot of like accountants, it's kind of like you get whatever that person gives. So like when, when Riley and I compare notes on what our accountants say, they're like, yours are that, mine's are that. Yeah. <laughs> or your financial advice are that, mine's are this. It's kind of nice to have like a group of team that's working together. Um, totally. I, I really like that idea for yeah. sure. Sorry. Also, just when you said um, they're higher up because they got their degree, I just instantly thought of that sound that's going around. It's like, since you got your degree and you know that fucking thing. And when Riley says a sound's going around, she's talking, talking about, about TikTok. TikTok. I'm just embarrassed for how much I love it. For <laughs> older people that don't uh, religiously follow yeah, it's, um, it's like, it's really unfortunate because some of the smartest, best hustlers I know are obviously in the industry are dancers or they are self-taught in entrepreneurship and they never went to school. So it's, you know, it's frustrating just in society that, if you went to university, you're almost held at a higher standard and like a higher, yeah, <laughs> I don't know, like a, you're, a lot of time you're held in higher regard. And that's actually something not to go too off topic, but something Riley and I've talked about is we kind of battle with this idea of having to like prove to people we're smart at work. Like, do you know, I hold degrees like, and then it's like, well, we need to kind of like tr- change that rhetoric of like, okay, just cause I have a degree doesn't mean I'm smart. But then we also feel like we almost have to like, claim that to be like we are worthy of respect because this isn't all we do and it's like then we're kind of like reinstating the idea that like dancing isn't enough or that so we've we've had this inner this inner battle for (laughs) many a year (laughs) (laughs) so in your description originally before I decided to uh spruce it up myself uh, you mentioned that in quotes older professionals were taking advantage of younger people do you mind explaining what you kind of meant by that Yeah, so I've seen it in a number of situations, both with myself and uh, clients of ours that have come to us, you know, prior, their situations prior to us. And my own situation was, I was like assaulted by an accountant and my original tax bill every year with that accountant was $3,000 to pay for his services. And after that situation, it jumped to $9,000. So definitely, again, (laughs) taking advantage, no one holds these people accountable. So obviously, I did not pay that I sent the I sent the original, you know, $3,000, because I never agreed to price increases and whatever he decided. Uh, so my own situation, and then as well as with different clients, I've heard of them submitting their tax returns and paying an accountant, and the accountant never submitted those returns. So the IRS is now after them for the last 10 years because the IRS is like, where's our money? So that accountant like up and left took off with that client's money. So there's a lot of situations like that, unfortunately. And the more that I I delve into it and the more I talk to people about their experiences, the more common I'm seeing it, which is really unfortunate and really shocking because again, 
professionals are held to like a higher regard in society, but yet they're doing the shadiest things. Yeah. And, and you're right. Like who, when they have their own firm, like who holds them responsible? I mean, hopefully that person was like taken to court or, you know, something, hopefully they have like documents saying, no, I sent this money and X, Y, and Z, but that's insane. I, um, God, people suck, hey? Yeah, people suck. Yeah, and I think that's too, like, the idea of, like, knowledge is power. And I find, like, when you do know your own rights, especially, like, for you knowing, like, I don't have to send $9,000. I'm going to someone I originally contractually agreed to. I -hmm. didn't agree to a price increase. Um, Even that, like, a lot of people wouldn't even know they have that right. So that's just a sidebar note to remember that, like, to, you know, learn your own rights with regards to that. That just because the accountant tells you, hey, you're paying me this much this time, like, you, you don't, don't have, have to, to pay that. Like, exactly. You know, the more the more you learn on your own, um, less people can take advantage of you as well. And and too, like ask questions too. Mm-hmm. Ask you know, like why is this price this way? And if they're not shady and if they're legit, they'll they won't have a problem telling you. Um, if they do, red flag, run. <laughs> yeah, they turn around and tell you it's just because your nails are really long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These long nails are costing me. <laughs> um, I know we kind of thrown out a couple of like prices. Like I, you know, we kind of goffed at $800 and now you're saying that like your taxes cost $3,000. What's sort of the range that people can expect when um, getting a tax accountant? So again, like, it's really important to not compare tax accountants to H&R Block and TurboTax. That's totally okay if you use that. Um, those people are not tax accountants. Those people are hired for the season and like put through a training process. So it's really important to like not compare someone that has gone to school for accounting versus someone that's like taken a workshop. Um, but our services are 500 for a personal tax return. Um, so again, sole proprietorship, which of many dancers are, uh, 1499 or 1499 for a, um, corporation return. And then above that we do like, uh, about 300, 350 monthly bookkeeping. So our prices are in line with the market rate. Uh, again, you're going to find people that are cheaper and you're going to find people that are more expensive. So it is kind of up to the client to vet who they want to work for and you make that decision for you. Right. So I know going back to kind of like all the shady, shady counting businesses (laughs) and people we've encountered, what are some kind of green flags that you should look for? Or how do you know that an accountant is legitimate and also sex worker friendly? I would straight up ask them. I would say, hey, I'm a dancer. Like, is that cool? And you'll get your answer whether that's great or not. And you'll see whether the price goes up or not. The price doesn't go up, green flag, perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, But definitely you want someone that you can have an easy conversation with, that you can be honest with. You don't ever want to hide anything from your accountant. If you're hiding something from your accountant, you need a new accountant. Um, They're... No, no one should be judging you for what you do for a living. And that's, that's kind of it, but just have an open and honest conversation with them. Yeah. That's a nice way of doing it. I would probably get my friend to call and and ask for like a tax return quote for like their, I don't know, like square job. And then I would call and ask for it for my like sex (laughs) job and just like suss them out, you know? Yeah. You could do that too. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> all, right, all right they're detective <laughs> do you do i mean maybe you don't really know the answer to this question but with the um you know things like tax write-offs especially for maybe those uh not in canada and america who can't who don't have access to your um your company there we go that's that's word um do you what do you think the process is like to um have people educated on what is or is not a tax write-off in the um, uh, sex worker realm? Is it like pretty clear cut no matter what for a sole proprietor? Yeah. So thankfully Piper is in both Canada and the U S so we take on U S clients and Canadian clients, but in terms of write-offs, yeah, there's a lot of 
um, misconstrued information out there, especially when it comes to cosmetics, uh, whether you can write off your boob job or your BBL. The rule of thumb in terms of write-offs is if it's a gray area, it's better to be safe and not write that off, um, as well as it has to be for work specifically, and it has to come off at the end of your your shift or your day um, at your job. So, um, for example, like a write-off, so like pleasers, outfits, stuff like that. Um, if you're a cam girl, so like your camera, your ring light, your uh, portion of your home office. So it kind of, again, varies from job to job, but in terms of what's a write-off and what's not, if it's a gray area, it's better to side on the safe side uh, because you don't want to get audited. Right. I would like to make the argument that tampons should be a write-off because <laughs> I believe you, yeah. you need them to work uh, because you have to get naked and you can't just like be free, brilliant, bleeding out there and <laughs> take them off after work. <laughs> I totally agree with you. Are, is it a hard no that they're not? Yeah. <laughs> is that a hard no? I haven't, I haven't even, I haven't heard of it. So that's like, you should bring that up to your accountant and ask. Yeah, I, I will. Because you, you can write off a lot of like female, in quotes, female yeah. products, makeup and all yeah. that. So I don't know why you wouldn't be able to write off Tempest. feminine products. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'd be writing off my pussy spray. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just quickly jumping back to, um, like sussing out an, an accountant and, and creating that kind of relationship with them. Um, I think we've kind of all experienced that. Like, should I, shouldn't I say this to the accountant? I think as sex workers, we kind of live our day-to-day like that with everyone we encounter. Like, how safe am I with this person? How much can I disclose about my work life with anyone we encounter? Um, but specifically an accountant, are there certain things we should or shouldn't be telling them? I believe you should be telling them everything and disclosing your income and just being honest again there's many accountants out there so if they give you a side eye or if they're you know it doesn't seem like they're totally receptive to what you're saying on to the next Mm -hmm. my friend's a server and she has obviously cash tips as well and her accountant was like just tell me what you're going to declare <laughs> a real hands off yeah. <laughs> um, also going off that too like um, talking about building a, a relationship with your accountant is it best to keep the same accountant or is it okay to kind of jump around each year to a new one or does that look kind of like suspicious of why you're constantly changing who's filing your taxes it doesn't look suspicious in my opinion. Um, it's definitely better for you staying with the same person just for your own peace of mind. Again, you already built a relationship with that accountant. They already know what you do. They, are, they already have a general sense of like what you're going to write off, stuff like that. So I think that relationship part is very important for your own peace of, peace of mind and sanity come tax season or um, if you were to get audited. But you can definitely switch accountants. If you do see maybe an accountant that is making mistakes, again, like everybody makes mistakes, but if it's like repeatedly, uh, definitely switch. Um, I guess to like speaking of mistakes, how much are you held accountable? If you're, if you somehow got with a shitty accountant and they like misfiled in some way, that would be unbeknownst to you because one, you don't get to, you just don't have that knowledge, right? Um, how much are you held accountable if something were to come up from that? So that's why uh, your accountant should be sending your your tax return to you first before they file. So you can look over it, make sure that everything's good. That's why it's super important to educate yourself, maybe watch a YouTube video on it, just so you know the basics of what you're looking for. Um, and once you look over that and say, okay, cool, like um, approved, then they file it. So it you, at the at the beginning of your kind of tax journey and your accountant, you do sign uh, paperwork that says, you know, this firm is like not liable and it's on you and that kind of thing. So uh, definitely like make sure that you review that return before it's filed and then they can send it off. But yeah, it's it unfortunately is on you. <laughs> 
Right. Is, I mean, I guess assume I assume within regards like as long as there's nothing like gross negligence on their part, like you know, yeah. it is still kind of on you. You have that that last step to make sure everything's okay. And I assume yeah. too, you could probably even take. And maybe I'm stretching. You could even take that kind of like, let's call rough draft in my academic brain um, to another accountant or someone else you trust who's more well-versed in accounting and have them say and have and ask them, does this look okay before you go forward with filing with the accountant you chose? I blindly trust. (laughs) I do. I sound like I do smart things. I owe this money. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I just sound like I do the smart things because I say them and then I go home yeah. and I go, take my money, file my account. <laughs> I would be the one being like, $9,000? Okay. <laughs> do you want to go higher? <laughs> I know. It's the rough I, guess, I guess I was bad this year. Like, <laughs> I guess it's bad. Do you want more money? Um, so as we kind of said before with cash, cash businesses, cash is queen, obviously. Um, do you have any suggestions for how we can best navigate a kind of cash only business? For example, receipts or lack thereof, things like floor fees. Yeah. So um, the CRA or the IRS will want to see a spreadsheet or some type of like bookkeeping situation. You can do this through QuickBooks. You can do this in an Excel spreadsheet. If you're a dancer, write out how much you tipped out, your floor fee, how much you came home with, Uh, The date, the time, the club, the city, the more information that you can put in this document, the better that will then support your case. Uh, The CRA obviously loves to see more like documentation from like an establishment. But again, it's a case by case basis and they'll take an Excel spreadsheet or kind of a QuickBooks situation to um, determine your situation. Right. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that many clubs, at least speaking in Vancouver, that keeps track of really like when certain people are working. So I doubt it's definitely on us to keep track. Of that. Like I don't think you would call up your club, come tax season, and say, "Can you list me?" <laughs> All the time no, I think they'd hang up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think uh, they'd be like, "Fuck off." Uh, <laughs> we took a lot of money from you. That's all we know. Um, so yeah, definitely. And I know I can feel. Uh, Riley's volva quiver at the thought of an Excel spreadsheet. So. <laughs> <laughs> Loves that shit. Lives spreadsheet. for it. But yeah, organization people. It's I'm so, so unorganized, but I do love a spreadsheet. <laughs> do you? Yeah. Make me one just for my budgeting. Perfect. Perfect. Um, Which actually, now I think of it, you I should, know you I need to start. Editing. Oh yeah, you do need to do that for me too. But no, you should start uh, outsourcing your or like uh, selling your little spreadsheets. You should. Let's do them for you. For free. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, there's so many out there. It's fine. Um, So you kind of touched on this before with um, the tipping out amount. And this kind of uh, is also a question to like maybe OnlyFans or like camming and stuff. If you get paid sort of $1,000 and you tip out um, $100 – do you um, declare that you made $1,000 or do you declare that you made $900? And then I guess the same sort of question for OnlyFans is like, do you declare the money that you made or do you declare the money that you have paid out after all the fees? Like, I guess like for me, I'm like, well, why would I like write off all of the fees that I have to pay when I could just do like deduct the it from the income of something like that. Wait, can I guess the answer first? No. Okay, is I the can't. answer to <laughs> no? We're isn't, not interviewing isn't, you. The, isn't the answer what goes into your bank account? Yes. So again, I'm not a tax accountant, so definitely speak with a tax accountant about this. But it would be the the amount that you take home after deductions. Okay. Like tip out deductions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense to me because if you're not getting it, well, you wouldn't tip out on it. Yeah. Um, okay. You said a word, sole proprietor. Um, for some reason, people here really like to call it independent contractor, which apparently is the American way to say it. Yeah. But we yeah. steal some things from the USA. <laughs> so um, what is the benefit of filing as an independent contractor slash sole proprietor um, as opposed to a business, I know I, I hear a lot of people, especially around tax season, being like, I'm incorporated. I have a business. And I'm like, 
Why? I only pay 10% of taxes. Yeah, but why do you have business? So um, can you kind of break it down in the simplest terms why <laughs> one might be better than the other, either sole proprietorship or a business? Yeah, so I'll talk about Canada um, and shout out to David from Piper, one of our accountants, for the following list. So advantages for like an independent contractor or sole proprietor is obviously it's more affordable. Um, there's less paperwork, there's less filing fees, uh, as well as it's easier and less expensive for tax filing. Like we talked about earlier, doing a personal return, $500 with Piper versus $1,500 with Piper. And obviously those numbers can vary per accounting firm. Uh, so that's pretty much like the advantages to being a sole provider. But the disadvantages uh, would be like no liability protection. So if you were to get sued, they are suing your personal bank account. So whatever money you have all in there, um, especially if it is a lot, uh, they will sue like that amount. Um, you're also taxed at, at a higher rate. So generally the corporate tax rate is less than the personal income tax rate. So cons consequently, sole proprietorship can lead to heavier taxes owing. It's also harder to get financing. So uh, the government provides numerous, numerous grants and incentives to incorporated businesses, but not to sole proprietorships. With a sole proprietorship, it's also harder to secure financing and business. So that's kind of the general sole proprietorship advantages and disadvantages. And then in terms of a corporation, your advantages are limited personal liability. So it's a separate legal entity. So if you were to get sued, they're suing the corporation, not yourself. So it's whatever, you know, that money is in the corporate bank account. You also have access to grants and financing. And you are at a lower tax rate. So corporate tax rates are generally lower than personal income tax rates. So your disadvantages of that, incorporation costs is co costly and complexity. Uh, the cost of incorporating is more expensive than starting a sole proprietorship. And it can vary like a federal corporation is between 200 to 300 just for the application. So you really want to think about like, Again, all those fees adding up, not just at around tax time, but also just filing and starting a corporation. Um, ongoing costs, so annual filing fees need to be paid. Also, corporate tax preparation filings are more complex and expensive. This should be done by an accountant, and I do agree with that. And it's also an increase the paperwork, and it has to be updated every single year. So, David from Piper, also recommends if your business earns more income than you need personally, I would recommend incorporating. Yeah, so if you say you need $65,000 a year to live, like, which probably not in this economy <laughs> and in Vancouver or Toronto, or anywhere else at this point, <laughs> um, it's and you make a lot more than that, it's definitely better to incorporate. So then you would pay yourself that $65,000 on a salary. And then with that document, you can also then apply to mortgages. It's easier for rental income or applying for rental spaces. So that's kind of the situation of, of where that lies. And you can just like do it the same as a business, like for a sole proprietor, you know, I go to the bank every two weeks or whatever and I put in my earnings. Can you just do that as a business as well? Yeah, so it would be the same. Okay, cool. So like nothing really changes. No, it's just, more, yeah, just more fees, more filing, more paperwork, um, and definitely recommend going to an accountant just because there is more to it and it's not as kind of simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I like, I love a good pros and cons list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right next to spreadsheet for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so speaking of, you know, cash is clean and that, unfortunately, not everyone carries cash. So you kind of often have to take payment from people. Um, do you have suggestions for sex worker friendly ways of accepting payment. We hear a lot of horror stories of, you know, PayPal shutting down accounts. 
Um, you know, even Square, I've heard, can come at people. Um, do you have, have you heard of any place, or any places or any services that are like A-OK sex worker friendly? Unfortunately, I have not heard of any A-OK places or success stories through that. Actually, recently on Twitter, I saw another girl get her bank account shut down by TD. And I'm seeing CIBC and RBC and they can shut it down like at any time. I think they send you like a letter and it says, oh, you have X amount of days to basically get your money out. We're shutting your account down and you can never open an account with us again. So again, unfortunately, I don't think that there is a sex work safe um, option at this time. Um, I do see a lot of sex workers go to smaller branches like I believe like one in Vancouver is like Van City yeah so okay so I've seen that um and they have been fine so far I've also seen Simply I believe the other one's like tanger- Tangerine mm-hmm. that sounds familiar, yeah. yeah so like a credit union type yeah I'm seeing more of that like more sex workers are going towards that versus the big names but yeah, PayPal will shut you down. <laughs> yeah, I actually saw something about that. Um, I think a sex worker in, in Vancouver, yeah, I think in BC was like very um, upfront that she was, I believe, full service sex work. Yeah. And um, she was turned down by multiple banks because she was honest about what she did. And Van City did stand up and was like, we'll take you. Oh, good. Good. Money. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, but to come out publicly as like not anti sex work, I thought was like pretty good. Yeah, I guess they they were smart enough to realize who has the most money in drug. (laughs) (laughs) We'll take you. Um, Also, just just be um, weary to do your own research on that because not all credit unions, for sure. Like RBC is definitely a credit union, and that's one of the ones Paige just mentioned um, may have some issues. So make sure Mm -hmm. that you don't just jump on the credit union comment that Riley made and start throwing your money at credit unions because they know no, no. they're friendly. Yeah, so no, definitely sure. not, no one here on this podcast has ever held responsible for what we say. And once again, I am not a tax professional. So please yeah. don't come to me at taxis and be like, well, I heard you on 50 plus a tip and you said this. <laughs> no, you didn't. And, <laughs> Um, another question about accepting payments. Do you know of any ways where, um, Canadians can accept payments from Americans? That's been a hard thing. We see a lot of Americans come visiting our beautiful BC or beautiful Canada. And then they're like, take my American card or take my, you know, uh, let me transfer to your Canadian bank account. And you're like, if I could, I would. (laughs) So it's so frustrating again in Canada because the U S is so great with like Venmo and cash app and PayPal and all these like Zelle and all these different forms, uh, Canada, we have e-transfer <laughs> and we have PayPal. <laughs> so, uh, to get money from the U S the only two ways that I know is PayPal, which again, you run the risk as a sex worker, especially if there's a lot of transactions and small amounts of transactions, you'll definitely be flagged. Um, And wire, which is like even more. Um, I don't, I don't even know is like Western union still around. Like, I don't know if that's a way. I don't think so. I haven't heard Western union in a long time. No, I don't know. I know. I don't understand why we don't have Venmo here. I wish we did. I know. No, it's those Americans that have the nice disposable income too. Yeah. <laughs> They're the best clients. Yeah. Like, we want their yeah. money. Uh, um, I guess like going back to taxes, uh, are there different tax rules for different avenues of sex work? I know you mentioned that uh, Piper is awesome enough to help with tons of different types of avenues, including Twitch and non-sex worker related, typically non-sex worker related avenues. But the, obviously, we know there's a lot of different avenues within the sex industry, camming, OnlyFans, in-person, you know, club work, et cetera. Um, are the, do the tax rules differ greatly between those avenues? No, not really. I mean, all income is taxable by the law, so by CRA and the IRS. So there's not really any difference between the income and, like, what's taxable and what's not. Um Again, anything entering your bank account, taxable. 
Awesome. And uh, I think around this time we hear this beautiful dirty, dirty word called audit. Um, what does getting audited actually mean and how can we safeguard ourselves from being audited? Um, are there things to do and not to do? Yeah. So as a business owner or sole proprietorship or IE self-employed, you are at a higher risk just because you're vouching out for your own income and your own taxes, you're paying those taxes. So the CRA and IRS are trusting you to be honest about your income and all the tax deductibles. So if they look over being audited means if they look over your return or they look over your file and they think, okay, something's not adding up this income. How is this person living on this income? Oh, they deducted, you know, so, so many things we want to look, they want to look more into it and they want to see receipts and they want to see that you are actually being honest. So again, all income is taxable. Yeah. I think like too, like people think audit's so scary. Um, and I think like the simplest way, and I know it's like annoying, like annoying thing to hear, but if you are, like holding yourself accountable to claim accurately, to write off to the best of your ability. Um, and you're keeping track of things and you're being organized. Um, auditing is just like, it's it's a nuisance and annoying, but I don't think it has to be scary. Um, I think it's when you're either trying to get away with stuff or you're super disorganized throughout the year, then it's a fucking hassle. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And I also find that if you do go with an accountant, at least, there's someone there that can also support you and help you through the process versus if you were to go to H&R Block, you're kind of on your own. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I guess, are you sort of less likely to be audited if you go through like an actual accountant because you sort of have their stamp of approval? There is a lot of talk about that. I personally do you believe it? Because that person is signing off and saying, yes, this information is accurate. Yes, I've looked through this. Yes, I know this person. Yes, this is their source of income uh, versus, you know, taking it to one of these filing places where some it's like a random person. Um, so there is a lot of talk to that. And I do believe it's true. Right. I think also too, like, they it was an hopefully with an accountant you know that all the right documents are getting like put in so at least that too like you're not missing steps that you might accidentally do on your own so maybe not even that they say oh an accountant put it in it's good it's more so the actual fact that the right things are being submitted i would assume yeah. not necessarily totally. and like yeah and like another point to going to an accountant is also knowing like all the credits like these accountants know all the credits so if like if you go to school and you're also working there's a credit for school so versus again doing it yourself you may not have the knowledge yeah yeah no i think that's another reason too like people are like oh i want to you know not get an accountant because i want to save money but it you might not save money because like you said the accountant actually knows ways to help you help yourself <laughs> exactly exactly but you have to help the accountant help you by being honest yeah so honesty, and honesty are queen yes. okay. <laughs> I know I feel like there's always such like a, a whispers going around being like oh if you do this you're going to get audited or if you do this it's a massive red flag like someone told me having significant um, changes to your income year over year is like a red flag and I'm like how when you're a sole proprietor because some years are really good or you you know in our industry you have an incredible client or an incredible this or that and sometimes you just either work less or like call the shit you know yeah Yeah, the economy is horrible right now so our job especially is very volatile Mm -hmm. right so yeah how could you ever know that you're it would be great I would I wish my best year was it was consistently like that Um, unfortunately not the case. Uh, so obviously when we have, uh, a guest on, we open it to our listeners and say, you know, Hey, do you have questions for this specific person and whatever their specialty is? And as was predicted, people have a lot of fucking questions about taxes. (laughs) We are lost. And when they ask us, it's the blind leading the fucking blind. So we're like, don't ask us. We'll throw it at Paige. So we have quite a few listener questions. I tried to call it down a bit. Um, 
but um, we had some really good ones. I think a lot of people would benefit from hearing your answers too. So we'll, uh, we'll go through those now. The first one is what are some common misconceptions you hear about tax time slash deductions, tax fears, rules, et cetera? Yeah, so I think uh, one of the many ones, and my one of the accountants on the Piper team actually sent this over. He said, many believe that they should expect a refund after filing their taxes. But again, however, the goal is to reduce the tax amount owed to the government. Um, also, people think that they will never get audited, so they will add deductions that aren't appropriate. So again, boob jobs, BBL, LIPO. Um, also, self-employed individuals don't realize they will often have large amounts of tax owing after filing their tax returns. So they'll often get like a big tax bill or if you collected HST, that as well. So this is because unlike employment income, self-employed income doesn't have to ta- tax deductions throughout the year. So that's probably like the most, most common misconception. Yeah. Right. Um, Which is crazy because you go an entire year not paying taxes and then you like are surprised that you have to pay all the taxes in one go. Yeah, yeah. I was just saying from from my very limited knowledge about taxes, typically the people that get money back, it's because they're they're usually typically paying on a paycheck, they're paying taxes and they're potentially overpaying the amount of taxes at the end of the year and that's what their money back is. They're not winning a lottery and the government's just giving them money. It's giving their money back because they overpaid what their estimate tax would have been. Yeah, Um, exactly. And I think they don't realize that either. Like, I think they think, oh, my tax return came. I'm going to the strip club, which is great. Like, but they're like, oh, (laughs) tell them them that's fine. Come to the strip club. It's free money. Give it to us. (laughs) Yes, you can blow your. (laughs) But, or they go and buy that brand new TV. But yeah, again, it's like, and they almost think it's a lot of people think it's like free money. It's like a, a gift from the government, but you really you overpaid throughout the year. So yeah, yeah, I think it's like safe to say, like, you know, I'm gonna confidently say this: the the government's never gonna give you free money. I'm just gonna <laughs> confidently say True. that. But I True. in my lifetime will probably never see free money from the government. Yeah. So I um I remember the first year I filed as a dancer, I filed with one accountant and my friend filed with the other and we were in the same job and we made a roughly the same amount and I owed like a couple thousand in taxes which I was prepared at and she got a return and I was like your accountant seems shady uh yes. <laughs> so when we talk about the nail lady that uh that screwed me over we'll also throw in that accountant yeah. <laughs> in our black book of people we'll uh <laughs> Just do an episode, a black book, 50 plus a tip black book. When I'm retiring from this industry, we'll, uh, yeah, when I retire from this industry, when I leave this country, I'm going to be like, all right, so everyone who fucked me over in this order and why you were wrong. Just leave it, be really dramatic. Leave it on like a VHS tape. Yeah. Like at the airport. Yes. You're like, flying away. As I fly. Leave me here, my fuck. (laughs) Falls on me now. Um, The next listener question here. Um, at what dollar amount should I bother claiming at? I already claim taxes for a secondary job. Yeah, so there's no minimum income requirement. Again, you should claim all of your income. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. The, the IRS <laughs> wants it all. Yeah. yeah, even if you're Patrick Starr, $3. Yeah, you <laughs> have to claim it. <laughs> That'd be so sad. I made $3 as a stripper. Um, I don't know. I've seen some of your uh, OnlyFans students. <laughs> she crushes on OnlyFans. Subscribe. Yeah. Subscribe. <laughs> Rate and review. Uh, next listener question here is a little longer. I have a question for the tax professional. Okay, rude. Like, she assumed she, I was going to answer this. No, no. <laughs> it was directly sent to you. Um, I have a question for the tax professional. It's too long to write in the little box, blah, blah. Um, I saw on a sex worker Instagram page with a big following that says she writes off all of her Botox, filler, facials, nail, hair color, hair extensions, lash extensions, etc. From my understanding, you're not allowed to write off any of that as an expense. Was I told the wrong information by tax professional course that I purchased? I was told you can only write off things purchased for your business that can be taken off. For example, wigs, le- 
Lee Press On Nails, or I a little spelling mistake, um, glue on strip lashes, basically nothing that I personally use. What can we actually write off at the club as an expense besides outfits, pleasers, hair and makeup products used exclusively at work? Please educate us all working at the club. Thank you both so much. Love the podcast. Love you, ladies. Glad you're back for another season. Yeah, so it, she is correct. Like anything that you can take off that is specifically used for business is what's considered a write-off. Like talked about before, when it's like a gray area, it's better to side on the safe side, in my opinion. Um, because if you were to get audited, they're going to ask you, you know, why did you write off your fillers? So you have to tell them why you wrote off your fillers and, and prove that and prove that like you can't take it off again. So, and it's not mandatory for your business, but um, in terms of say dancing, yeah, it's pleasers, gym bag, uh, wigs, makeup specific outfits. That's pretty much it, unfortunately. So I'm um, again, like, I know that this isn't, your specific area of expertise but um if you're like I worked at a um club that specifically said I had to have my hair and nails done specific like specifically nails so even though it's in your contract because you can't take them off like if you're working six nights a week like is there an argument for that or is it just like absolutely not I think there's always an argument if you're able to definitely like have a copy of that contract. If the CRA or the IRS were to ask and you can say, Hey, like, this is what they say in my contract. It's signed. This is the establishment that I work at to get around kind of that though. I mean, you could do wigs or you could do, I see a lot of girls do um, like press on nails. Right. So yeah, right. also wigs are amazing. Yeah. I will just say it is so awesome that I throw my hair, my real hair, that never is seen <laughs> in a hair mask and it's getting all like nice and, you know, moisturized underneath my wig. And I go to work having this like nicely curled wig and my hair is just like getting a deep treatment. Like, I mean, and I think like wigs are becoming more popular, more normalized. Like I love that, like versus extensions. Oh, it's yeah. so much better for your hair. Um, you can change up your look so much. Like I've literally seven different wigs, I think, right now with different colors and different shapes and styles. And like whatever I'm feeling like that day, I'm like, this, I know this client loves a redhead. So bitch, I'm a redhead that day. <laughs> like, the only problem is talking to a girlfriend of mine yesterday, I was about to go see a um see a gentleman and I was like, shit, what am I to him? I'm like, black hair my red hair you know, I had like and now I take literally take notes because I love an excel spreadsheet myself yes I'm saying you know John number 985 <laughs> likes curly blonde hair <laughs> like, like, yeah, yeah. excel spreadsheets for life like in any aspect yeah. I know I, I, I oh. missed that one time and I was I was going to the club and I was seeing a gentleman that knew me as a blonde. And then I had my red hair on that day because I was seeing a guy before that. And he's like, oh, you changed your hair. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay, now I got to remember redhead next time. Next time I saw him at the club, I was wearing my black and blonde. He's like, wow, it's so crazy how much you can change your hair. Like, and your hair just takes it. I'm like, I have very strong hair follicles. <laughs> very strong hair follicles. And then next time it's a black bob. Like, uh, I mean, I wear... If I do like my 40 nowadays, I don't wear my wig. It's just too much. It gets so hot under here after, you know, a little bit. But um, I was like wearing my wig because uh, I knew a client was coming in again that likes the long blonde. And then another client randomly came in and was like, oh, I I like your natural hair. I don't know how girls with normal hair do it. It's so hard to please anyone. Yeah. Say less as you like. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I've actually, I, I've actually seen a girl um, whip her wig off on stage and just like a part of the act, and she made a ton of money. It worked. Everybody loves it. True. Yeah, I love peel behind the curtain. Yeah. Right? Although yeah. I do wear like a wig cap under here, I would go like full golem if I took it off. You know, <laughs> you know like I always say like cone heads from the nineties. Yeah. Do you know what cone heads? Maybe not. It was like I always think of cone heads when I see myself in my wig cap. Like, <laughs> this is not a look for me. And like I've seen so many sexy ass bald bitches, and they look so good. And I am not one of those. <laughs> that 
exactly. Not a good, not a good bald bitch. Uh, next listener question here. California and dancing, what can we write off, etc.? And the reason I want to include this one in is because um, for the Canadians don't know or people, the general don't know, I've heard a lot of things like California is its own beast in dancing. Things have changed there in recent years. So I think that question is important to include in specifically California dancing. What can we write off? Yeah, so for the U.S. listeners, every single state is different. So uh, most accountants are certified um, across all states, but also some specialize like in certain states. So like California or New York, California and New York are like two of the most complicated returns and more rules when it comes to taxes so for for california if you work at the club you're basically an employee so you receive a w-2 and so i think it's really important that you do seek out an accountant like that specializes in california to help guide you through that and at piper we do have california accountants so we're happy to connect you i'll just plug piper in the right there um but in terms of like deductibles and stuff like that I don't think it varies that much yeah I know I yeah I like felt it very it's a good question about California because for some reason it's its own thing and I think um I think it's important to note what you just said each province each state has its own kind of um rules and regulations so again educate yourself go to accountant that's educated in that specific Mm -hmm. area um yeah good good Go to Piper. <laughs> Go to Piper. Um, another question here from the listeners. What do I bring to my tax appointment for write-offs? Yeah, so now in 2023, the accountants don't really want like a huge pile of receipts. So if, again, if you could have this more digitized, that would be like fantastic. <laughs> um, Excel spreadsheets for the win. Um, if you use QuickBooks, you can upload your receipts right to QuickBooks. Again, it's all in one area. Uh, So that's basically what you should be bringing as well as your previous tax return, as well as your ID. If you have a T4 and you're not an independent contractor, bring that. Um, At Piper, we have a whole checklist. So definitely consult with us or consult with another accountant and every accountant will give you a checklist of what they need to see. Cool. Again, organization, organization. <laughs> uh, again, another listener question <laughs> just goes everything GST related. So confused. What is a GST number? Should we get one? And what does having one do? Yeah, so GST is goods and services tax. Um, This is sales tax that we find on invoices and receipts from Canadian businesses and individuals. The GST at a federal rate is 5%. So a GST number is needed to start charging sales tax on your services, whether that be, you know, I don't know, in, in the camming world or whether that be a nail business or an Etsy business or any of that. Again, the government wants their taxes. When you do have a GST number, you'll have to file a sales tax return. These returns are usually done annually for the calendar year and are due by March 31st of the following year. Right. I know GST, I believe um, Riley probably knows better than I do. On squares, um, you can charge your GST on that as well. So if you're taking payments through square, um, you can charge on there too. Which is kind of unfortunate because like in a cash business, if a dance is... 50 plus a 10, um, then you can't really, ch- you can't really be like, actually it's 55 because GST, like sound yeah. Yeah. So people in cash business, like our cash businesses are just like losing the extra 5% basically. I have clients that listen to this. You're losing nothing. You're gaining no, no, my we love. Are. We are, we're losing it. Like we have to pay an extra 5% on top of taxes that we can't charge um, GST. Like, we can't charge $55 for a dance. I mean, maybe you are, but... You don't charge <laughs> No, on, in cash, babes. Oh, I see what you're talking about. Yeah. You're talking about charging um, outside like, of Square. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, like I, meant, sorry, I meant, sorry, taking Square payments, we're charging GST Oh, yeah, on. no, that's fine. Oh, like, you're not can. charging GST in your Square payments? <laughs> no. <laughs> My favorite thing. <laughs> I'm like, 
<laughs> one of my favorite phrases. <laughs> and you'll see GST on this. I sound so professional. Yeah. And then when it goes through, you're like, do you want a receipt? And they're like, no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Email. Yeah. Print out. Company I entertainment. Bring out my printer. <laughs> my pocket printer. Oh, I love it. Love oh. that for us. Um, another listener question. How can we register our business while protecting our personal information? Example, home address, et cetera, specifically in Canada. Yes. So I actually did this when I started my corporation. So with a corporation, you need to have a registered office. I don't recommend having your home address because that is public information and that is a Google search and there's your unit number. Um, So definitely not safe. But in Canada, there's actually things called virtual offices and you would actually register at that virtual office and then you have a mailbox as well and all your mail would go there and that address is the one that will show up on google searches or in public documents so for example i had one in toronto and it was like one young street oh neat i've never even heard of that before how do you know how you get the virtual office is that just like a, a one website's called virtual office and you go through that no, I think it's uh, per city, every city, like there's a business set up around this and just quick Google search, looking at virtual offices, and then you'll see kind of the list and then you pay, I believe it was like a monthly fee to have that virtual office. Oh, that's very cool. I love that. I love that for us. Um, honestly, all, all I heard when you were saying that was like, oh, I could get my uh, US packages sent to <laughs> 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 my virtual office <laughs> and my mailing address. Um Another question here, and I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to set you up for it anyways. Um, Who can help with taxes located in BC? How do I find an accountant? Quick Google search or Piper. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. I'm going to let you have a little plug there. Plug, absolutely. Another question here, Canadian OnlyFans model here. Can I use TurboTax to file my taxes? Slash, where can I go to file? I don't have a W-2. Yeah, so um, so in terms of, yeah, you can do TurboTax. You could do H&R Block. You could do all these kind of tax services. Um, I recommend if you do know what you're doing, if you're comfortable, if you know all the deductions, then you can do that way. If you prefer someone to just handle it, <laughs> then just get an accountant. Um, I'm a strong believer in outsourcing where I have weak points. So when it, you know, website development, outsource, accountant, outsource, lawyer, account, outsource. Um, I'm not a a DIY kind of girl. Um, But if you're comfortable with that, that's totally cool. And you can definitely do it. So W2 is US. So yeah, so it means that you're an employee. Yeah, you get that that document. Okay. Um, another listener question here. How can we get approved for a house mortgage when our only income is from dancing, not on paper or cash-based income? Yes. So that's why it's so important to file your taxes because when you go for a mortgage or you go to talk to a bank for a loan or get a car, they want to see tax returns. So again, they want to see significant income that is stable, like it can vary throughout the years, but is pretty consistent. Um, So that's going to be your best friend, as well as like any supporting documents. Right. Mm -hmm. Going back also to what you said about pros and cons of sole proprietorship versus business, it sounds like filing as a business might also help you get a mortgage. Absolutely. So yeah, if that's something specifically you're wondering about taxes, being a business might be something worth it for you. If that's really your first concern is how to get your mortgage. It sounds like that could be a good idea. Again, um, Google it. Don't, don't quote me on that. But that's (laughs) me really listening. Just three gals having a chat. (laughs) Not legally held to any of this. It's it's tricky too, right? Because like I obviously, you know, I have like what I've put into my um, account and then I also have you know, my emergency fund in cash, which I pay, ta- like I declare, but I don't put into my bank. And so it's like, and, but then you have to prove that you have X amount in your bank for like so long as well. So I guess if you're paying taxes on it anyway. You should just be putting it in your bank. I'm just 
being stupid. I'm just no. I think I, I think it, from what know? I've heard from people, it seems like it's always as much money as you're able to get into your bank is always going to benefit you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah totally. you're going to have to pay taxes on it. But technically, if you're doing it right, you should be paying taxes, like you said, anyways, on that mm-hmm. cash. So it's not going to hurt you putting it in the bank. It's only going to benefit yeah, you. Yeah. Well, I, always, I just messaged my accountant like, this is what I have put in my bank, and this is what I've made, and then this is the cash that I've made that I haven't yet put in the bank. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and our last listener question here, if we didn't do our taxes, our first year of dancing, can we just pay for our current year or must we go back? Yeah. So technically you would have to go back the previous years and amend those and pay those. Also, it's important to note that the CRA can go back up to seven years too. So if hold on to your documents, please, for your own peace of mind. Hold on to all your receipts, have a folder, have folders on your computer or paper ones if you want that Um, because the CRA can question you, you know, five years from now. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. So that's it for the listener questions. But before we let you go, Paige, we're going to ask you one final question we ask all of our guests. If you had the world's attention for 30 seconds, what would you say? Be kind, world peace. And do your taxes properly and honestly. (laughs) (laughs) And be honest with your accountant, please. It'll it'll make your life easier. Yeah. And and use Piper. And we're taking all the three things out. And back to us. <laughs> We've shoved her up the stage. It's our time to shine again. We're on the soapbox now. <laughs> no, uh, kindness and world peace also important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And pay your taxes. So yeah. all together. Awesome. Paige, before we let you go, where can people find you and where can people find Piper? Yeah. So again, our new uh, client portal and new website launch. So you can find that at www.hellopiper.com. And on all social media platforms at Hello Piper, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, trying to get into the TikTok, don't know if we'll last. Um, That's a whole different beast. And also on Reddit. Oh, I love a Reddit. And just a reminder, everyone, Piper is spelled P-Y-P-R because she's hip like that. And as always, you can find us on Instagram at 50 plus a tip pod on Instagram or email at 50 plus a tip at gmail.com. Slide the DMs with questions, comments. We love getting them. Again, thank you so much for joining us, Paige, and teaching us so much about taxes. Um, it was very, very insightful and very informative. Thank you for having me. Have a wonderful week and happy whoring. Bye. Bye-bye.